Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige movie, a commission podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about 2000's The Beach. It was directed by Danny Boyle, uh, who you might recognize as the director of Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire, Sunshine, 28 Days Later. We just did another, uh, was it a commission or just a, a regular old prestige uh, train spotting movie last year? Quite enjoyed it. Is based on the novel The Beach by Alex Garland, and you might remember him as the director of Ex Machina, Annihilation, Devs, the upcoming Men movie, which looks crazy, starring Jesse Buckley. It uh, This movie stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tilda Swinton, uh, noted alien being. Oh, shoot, I just max. I just I I I just I just hid my pronunciation guide. Uh, Virginie Le Doyle as uh is, is in this movie. I don't. Uh, I actually didn't find any other roles that I recognized by her or uh, Etienne, um, who stars with. I didn't even write his name down. And Robert Carlyle, who I did recognize from Train Spotting, The Full Monty. The big bad guy from The World Is Not Enough and 28 Weeks Later. Uh, and also Patterson Joseph. I said, what is this man whose face is both comforting and terrifying me? And I realized about halfway through the movie, well, that's Holy Wayne from The Leftovers. Sure is. That's wild. Wasn't giving out as many hugs in this movie. No. Um, this is commissioned by Ian in Atlanta. But before we get to his thoughts, maybe we could just talk about the movie in general. Have you seen this movie before, Jim? No, never. Me either. It's first time going in. What did you think? Oh, boy. I like Danny Boyle a lot. Um, I really like 28 Days Later. I really like 28 Weeks Later. Um, it, I I really like Train Spotting. I really like a lot of stuff that he does. And I was excited to see this movie because I also like Leonardo DiCaprio and obviously Alex Garland, who, small correction, he wrote the novel that this is based on. And John Hodge wrote the yes. screenplay Sorry, adaptation of that. Sorry, I didn't write the screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also wrote the screenplay to, to Train Spotting? Right. So uh, I, I've liked pretty much everybody involved in this to one degree or another. Um, and so I was excited to watch it and I saw it and I was fairly disappointed i don't think it's a bad movie i think it's just kind of a mess it's got it's got a lot of things it's trying to do and it kind of pulls in every direction and i think it stretches itself too thin i I don't know if this movie needed to be half an hour longer or cut out some of the the genres that it was going for or what but it just came away as like I see what you're trying to do here. It just did not work. I think this, because uh, I, I looked up and I saw that this movie was like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, dear God, what are we getting <laughs> wow. ourselves into? Um, but I went in because, like, same thing. This pedigree is pretty much untouchable. Um, and it's this, this is a unique point in Leonardo DiCaprio's career. Like, he, yeah. this is kind of like his last boy role, I'll say. Um, but he, you know, three years before he had been in Titanic and he hadn't been in anything since. So this is kind of like an interesting career step, taking like essentially three years off and being in this very weird movie. Well, I I know he intentionally did that. Like he, he, after Titanic was like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the teen heartthrob guy. I want to do more serious stuff. So this was probably a foot into that. 
Right. And this is where like he started taking on what I'd say are man roles, you know, where yeah. he's he's no longer trading on the fact that he could still probably play a 17-year-old if he wanted to in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think it's interesting. And two-thirds of the way through this movie, I was actually all aboard. I thought it was really cool and I liked it. And then the final act, I started being like, well, this is crazy. And yeah. I'm not sure if I watch this more times because I might give this another watch. Um, I would uh, 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 grow to appreciate it beyond that. But there's a lot of really cool things. There's a lot of really cool filmography. Uh, There's a lot of beautiful cinematography, location work. Uh, There's a lot of interesting kind of moral and philosophical questions that they explore uh, and statements on kind of like – I don't know how modern society just exploits the shit out of everything. Like just, just yep. put aside the like economic and, and social aspects of it. Just like in terms of the environment, if there's a beautiful place, everyone will want to see it and it'll ruin it, you know? Sure. Um, but then it, it just, yeah, just try like you, you mentioned it tries to be too many movies. Like it, it literally did feel like, Oh, well now it's doing apocalypse. Now, now it's doing, you know, you know, I heard a lot of when I was reading around about this, a lot of Lost Boys comparison or sorry, it Lord of the Flies comparisons, not yes. Lost Boys. Although, you know, six of uh, one half dozen of another. Um, I heard Apocalypse Now stuff, which obviously is there. What I didn't hear and what I was picking up a very strong vibe of was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Like this crazy vacation adventure, except yeah. maybe without as many drugs um Although a fair amount of alcohol that, and yeah there, there's one scene toward the end where it's a hallucination scene and i was like oh this is fear and loathing this wants to be fear and loathing so obviously um but yeah. nobody made that comparison i don't know why i think i think you're right it's it's more it's less drugs and more psychological um uh-huh. because i i definitely see what you're saying about that uh, but ultimately, I thought this was an interesting film, and I'm glad I got to see it because it is such an interesting transition. Like, this is the missing link between heartthrob Leonardo DiCaprio and, like, Shutter Island era, uh, the aviator era, you know, where he's he's, he's, he's playing a, a, a man, you know, a complex person. Doesn't have to be physical. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I was reading something that was talking about the looking back at this film 20 years you know, there was a lot of direct perspectives written two years ago, as you'd imagine, it's 20th anniversary. And it's like, it's very hard to see Leonardo, uh, the guy, the boy that's the king of the world of the Titanic, you know, crawl, essentially starring in a two hour wordless movie where he crawl, he gets mauled by a bear and, and sews himself into a horse carcass to survive. Mm-hmm. But this is the movie where you can kind of hold up as a kaleidoscope and be like, I see how he gets there. <laughs> Because it it is yeah, a mess, this... but it's an interesting mess, and he does interesting work in it. Oh sure, not all of there's like one or two choices, one especially that did not work and didn't land for me. But he's you know this is he's he gets to he gets to run a wide range of mm-hmm. feelings and emotions here. And I think like as far as themes go in movies, this is definitely like uh, more mature thing for him like you know you you see him in the titanics and stuff and you're like oh well this is a a coming of age kind of story right like oh he's taking this trip and it's exploration of what life can be this movie feels like more of a uh, a reimagining of his life instead of just like 
an initial imagining, right? Of like a young yeah. child experiencing the world for the first time. This is more like I've experienced the world and I fucking hate it. And now I'm going to go re-experience it through a different lens. So yeah, it does yeah. feel more mature. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I guess like maybe we should just get this. Do you want to talk more about this uh, film in terms of generalities? I, I guess the other thing is like, it's got a definitely of the time soundtrack. Oh, dude, they Mo- Moby heavy. Like, I feel is... like another 10 years is going to be one of these things you can't get streaming rights to anymore because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny Boyle likes that stuff for sure. But also this is maybe the most 2000 movie I've ever seen. Like you can, you can pinpoint not just to the year, not the month, but the hour you, you can pinpoint to the hour when this movie was made based on Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, outfits in this movie and his whole look, right? True. The, the True. spiky blonde, blonde tipped hair, the fucking segmented beaded necklace, the ringer uh-huh. tee, the cargo shorts, the sandals. Yeah. It is so 2000. It's unbelievable. It's probably coming back. Like, isn't there like we got, we got like a 15 year. We probably just crested that 15 year nostalgia wave cycle uh, of that stuff coming back. I think it's probably on its way back, but it's terrible. You shouldn't do it. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. It wasn't that good Uh, in 2000. It's definitely not going to be any better this time around. (laughs) Maybe before I get to Ian's comments, just in case, because like we had, we've been pretty spoiler free. And I know this isn't like exactly everyone's cup of tea and probably a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, and if you saw it back then, as maybe a much younger person, maybe you want to grow, go back and revisit it. Uh, but the premise of this movie is Leonardo DiCaprio is a uh, kind of disaffected American backpacker. You know, he's doing the hostile circuit through Thailand and uh, the the Pacific Southwest. Yeah, is that Southwest Pacific? Yeah, Southwest Pacific. So, I mean, it sound like uh, like it, it's fucking Grand Canyon somehow. Um, the Southwest Pacific, and he meets these French, this French couple, and these, and and here's this uh, story of you know because it's very it's like this thing when you're traveling and you're kind of meeting strangers and you hear things and you're just kind of going into the flow. He gets this map to this supposedly paradise island. It's perfect, absolutely perfect, and he talks this French couple into going to the island, and them traveling there discovering the island discovering the truth about it is the entire movie and probably shouldn't tell you anymore because it's lots of twists and turns um and crazy shit that happens mm-hmm. uh okay let's get to ian's he is the person the the man of the hour that we have to thank for this podcast ian atlanta says i'm happy to have a chance to further support you guys i've been listening and enjoying for years and frankly i've been getting more than i pay for given the number of hours i've have you guys playing each week it's extremely sweet ian thank you mm-hmm. i consider giving him a more prestige option but the fact that neither of you have seen this makes me want to double down i'll also add another film to your repertoire to judge boyle leo and tilda by this movie earned mixed reviews to put it mildly it's weird but fun and memorable and i think the mix has made it stick around in my head longer than it probably deserves to the final act is a trip that'll make you wonder what the director was thinking at times but it still wraps up nicely the exception to sometimes cringy narration that seems to be a thing of the past, it also holds up pretty well 20 years later until the last scene where it puts a hilarious timestamp on itself. Uh, so that's his general thoughts. He has other, de- you know, more detailed things we can talk about, uh, but maybe we can just have an organic discussion and see how much of that stuff we cover, and uh, we'll get around to it if, if we've left anything out. So thanks, Ian. Um, I, I I don't know what it felt like to see this movie in 2000, 
But 2022, uh, maybe I can see it being more relevant, you know, with the kind of message of people ruining things by over-exploiting something. Sure. Um, that feels like if it was resonant in the 2000s, is even more so. Um, that feeling of alienation, like there should be something more to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, the sense of adventure to wanting to go out and find it, I think, is... Uh, even more applicable because you know more and more people feel kind of like tied down and aimless and like they don't have something that, that that's, that's really meaningful in their life i thought all those things would probably resonate with a young person today even more than they would have back in 2000 yeah i, I think if i had seen it in 2000 because i was 18 in 2000 i would have been inspired by this movie probably mm-hmm. um I know, like the whole journey is pretty harrowing, but the end note is is kind of the inspirational part, right? The the idea that the the what, shit, what's the the phrase? The real friends or the the real journey is the friends we make along the way, or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. the the idea, the whole idea of this movie. And I think I would have found that like, yeah, yeah, maybe inspire me to go do something, travel. Just go, I don't know, go throw rocks at something with the buddy. I, who knows? Yeah. But I, I, I it think would have been The inspiring. thing that keeps it from being insp- inspirational, I think, if I was a teen, an 18 or 20-year-old, is it is kind of in, in the same way that, like, I don't know, like those Ron Burgundy fight scenes are inspirational, where it's like you get back, it's like, wow, that really escalated. I think, I think Bert killed a guy. Mm-hmm. It's like the way he moves on and just puts all that behind him yeah. and then goes yeah. back to like civilized life is kind of nuts. Like sure. this guy was full on <laughs> like 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. full on running, screaming in the jungle. Like, yeah, like tropic thunder almost had a panda on his head. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's just going to be sitting down at an iMac Photoshopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh like in, a, in a, an internet cafe, right? Like those yeah. t- totally exist now. Sure, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. do, not here. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um, definitely it feels like it's sudden. And the whole shift at the end feels crazy sudden to me. Like it, I kept looking for, okay, he's eating these bugs. Maybe these bugs. Maybe Maybe he picked up the wrong mushroom. Maybe he ate the wrong thing. And so he's losing his freaking mind here. Because, yeah, it's so sudden, that both the turn and the turn back to normal society stuff. Yeah. It's wild. I thought maybe, okay, maybe they set the weed farm on fire, and he's just inhaled like 100 plants worth of weed in the last hour. Uh, or something is driving him mad because I couldn't quite tell what it was. I'm not 100% true what is real and what's not real for, yeah. like, uh, the last 45 minutes or so of this movie. And and beyond that, I'm not sure why it happens exactly. Like, why any any of that like drives him mad? I, I never saw the inciting incident to to make me think, okay, this would drive a rational person mad. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's like just being isolated up on the hill, but they didn't. It wasn't a progression. It's kind of like, yeah. oh man, Tilda, I can't believe you're making me stay up here. And then like him sitting on his haunches and be like, you know what? Fuck it. This is boring. But I'm gonna turn it into a video. Yeah. It. It was weird. There's also yeah. like, so this is a Danny Boyle film and it's written by Alex Garland. So I was always, I kind of always thought it would 
turn into something else. There was going to be... Gotcha. And when they started pointing up telescopes at the st- stars and taking pictures and talking about infinite worlds, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, there's <laughs> going to be some kind of Stargate, multiple universes, alternate timeline. Something's going to happen here. What is going to be the sinister thing at the set? That never came to life. But then at the end of the movie, there's this group photo that gets sent to her from Francois, and it says parallel. It says like parallel universe on it, and I'm like, shit. Did I do I need to watch this movie again and just pay closer attention? <laughs> I is don't there think something so. into because like there is something kind of cosmic that they're 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 pushing in at the edges of, and there's so much magical kind of reality. I was looking for uh-huh. kind of like a devs type of turn, and it just it just never came. It's more of a a weird psychological thriller. It is, yeah. And I think that that note at the end is more of just you know a little bit of poetry, right? Like, oh, look at this life that we led. What a week ago? I don't know when he gets this email or whatever, but I right. It, it seems a little sudden to be declaring declaring this thing parallel universe, but okay, yeah. There's, um, I tell you what I really thought was effective and something I really appreciated how they did it is the idea of a shark attack. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first time, it's a joke, just a naked joke, uh, mm-hmm. and and they get they got me. Like they they kept on showing yeah. all these swimmers from the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, that's a shark perspective if I've ever seen one. And then Etienne is like, oh, we see, oh, we see a fin. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. This girl's going to get eaten. Sure enough, she gets taken under, and, like, they're playing it straight. Etienne is, like, freaking out. Leonardo's freaking out, and they're trying to find. It's just a joke. They're all playing. They're just, they're just you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty funny. The second time a shark appears, I think it's serious, but it's played as a giant joke. When the one that he kills? Yeah, yeah, baby yeah. Shark? You know, okay. like it's a funny, it's a f- funny situation where you think it's going to be. It's kind of uh-huh. filmed ridiculous. There's the joke at the end where it's like, "All right, I hope you enjoy the meal, Leo." Um, uh-huh. And then the third time the shark attacks, it's a fucking horror show, and I think it's that much more effective because, like, you know, we just saw Jaws, and Jaws is not not scary anymore, but the horror of these guys is having these big chunks, and you can see like the size of the jaws that bit them, and the idea that like. Because I thought they were turning, like, this is going to be where the paradise starts to be not fun, um, which it was, but for a different reason. But I thought mm-hmm. they are going to take it in a direction of, like, oh, my God, we just can't go out in the lagoon and get fish anymore because we got some kind of monster f- Dharma fish out there. Yeah. I mean, they've always got to worry about that, sure. But, but did you think – did, did, did the shark – it seems like the shark attack didn't really get you. Oh, the, the first time I – when they were playing the joke – I knew it had to be a joke as soon as she got pulled under, you know, quote unquote pulled under, because I I was under the impression that this movie was a bit of a romance movie. And so really? to eliminate the obvious target of romance here um, this early before it even really gets started would be a non-starter. So I assume, yeah. I was, yeah, like I was this always was looking joke, for time, but... timey-wimey, like she's going to get eaten and disappear, but she's <laughs> okay, also going to show yeah. up at the beach and it's like, oh, it's going to be pod people or some shit like that. Yeah. I, I uh, had also heard that maybe this was a little bit like uh, Shutter Island in a way. And so maybe, yeah, you could have had yeah. where that was kind of all in his head. But it, it does get there eventually. I, I don't know. With the shark thing, I'm I'm glad that was not like the ultimate thing that ruined the lagoon for them. You know, because like 
the psychological stuff that they do around this, um, I don't know, community is much better than it would have been if it was just like a physical threat to where like, oh, Paradise has its problems. Well, Paradise has bigger problems than sharks, right? Paradise is a myth. Paradise doesn't exist is kind of the thesis of this thing. Uh, And you can find Paradise in a moment, in a memory, in a shared experience with somebody, but it's not a place you can go to. I I think that was way more interesting. You can have Paradise, but you have to ignore, pointedly ignore a bunch of misery around you to maintain it. Sure. Sure. Because I I really like that, the idea that... um, because, you, you know, they introduce you to this kind of like Burning Man beach kind of concept that they're all artists, but they're all working together and everyone has their own little talents and, you know, to each according to their needs from each according to their ability kind of like commune thing. But then you get like some. There, there's like, you know, early scene where a guy needs a dentist. He wants to go back to the mainland like, ah, oh, you can't. You might fuck up our secrecy. So we're going to hold you down to pull your tooth. And Leonardo's like, ah, oh, you got to go with a little pain to, to to put up a paradise. And in the next situation, one of the Swedes gets eaten by a shark. And mm-hmm. he's dying. His leg's getting gangrene, and he's crying out. And it's just bumming everybody out. It's like, oh, man, this is bu-. – and that they can just literally take him out into a tent to die and immediately – I felt like that was a little too far, you know? Like um, the, the dentist mm-hmm. was a, a decent point, but then they go right to like, well, we should just let this guy die rather than taking him to get medical treatment. Um, I felt like they needed another yeah. maybe way stop into insanity because then Leo just went over that fucking cliff and I felt like it, it wasn't really uh, earned. Yeah, I kept waiting for the idea of like, oh, you have to put up with a little pain for Paradise to apply to Leo himself. Like, if Richard were to experience the pain, would he also have the same philosophy, you know? Um if he were having his tooth pulled, would he be as serene about it and philosophical? I, I don't know. And the movie never does that. I don't I don't think. Like, all I the thought, pain that I he sees is just stuff the, he sees. And I thought that I saw them setting it up. I thought they were yeah. he was going to uh, get caught, kind of uh, hoisted by his own petard, by the his careless relationships with the women of the island. I thought, especially when he's digging those uh, stick traps, pits. Uh-huh. And then kind of like going through the woods like a maniac, I'm like, surely he's going to forget about one of those and the, the trap that he's setting in his mind. is going. But no, he never suffers at all in this movie. Yeah, unless you count isolation as suffering for like... He got, he got butt-stocked in the head. That's what he got. True, he got, yeah. he got a boo-boo on his head. But but the, the jig was already up at that point, right? Like this... Yeah. By the time he experienced pain, the whole community had fallen apart. Um yeah, I, I don't know. And maybe my expectations kind of ruin this movie because it keeps defying them. And I keep thinking, here's what a movie that I might like would probably do. And I keep wanting the movie to do that, and the movie never does that. And I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's making wrong decisions. It's just making decisions that I'm not expecting and that aren't resonating with me then. Yeah, and Leo is such a fuckboy in this movie. Uh, he is just, like, reckless and careless in every way you can be with his own life, with other lives, with relationships, with the fabric of society. Um, like, he's such a liar, and every single time, 
like his secret gets out, he's got the same kind of like, what? No, what? No, what are you talking until like, oh, that it's it was is an interesting choice to make him seem like he didn't have agency in his own life. But they made they 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 came. I think they came by that honestly because they they had this very interesting thing the way they they started the movie, and he explains like when you're a traveler you know looking for adventure you kind of have to go with the flow and he had these kind of like you know rules to live by like you kind of got to go you kind of got to accept offers but you don't want to overstay your welcome and you kind of want to pay pay attention but also stay removed and kind of showing how things can go right you know. Um, and then mm-hmm. how things can go wrong, and there's like an element of danger. Um, but then, uh, and then they kind of like had this guy who's like own like this kind of little bit savvy street smart. And I felt like when they got to the island, all that kind of disappeared, and he was just, I don't know. I guess he, I, I guess that's a problem with hedonism, though. Uh, when 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 do you deny yourself a pleasure? Yeah, I maybe we could talk about the various philosophies of this movie because it definitely has like a bent against tourism or, or traditional tourism right like going to a beach resort and laying on the beach and getting a massage and drinking mai tais and just lazing around experiencing one i don't know picturesque version of of the place you want to go to and leo is very much against that richard is like that is the problem. They are cancer. They are eating the world. Um, these people are coming to this place and destroying what's beautiful about it in the first place. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find the real place, right? The real whatever it is that, that qualifies as vacation adventure in my mind. But, I mean, that's just a different version of the same thing. And I think the movie does come to that conclusion at the end, right? Like where his version of a vacation adventure is just as valid or invalid as the person who wants to lay on a beach looking at pristine waters or or go out and party in the nightlife of thailand right like that's the thing like yeah there there are a lot of people here doing that and they are destroying the thing but you went into this community and destroyed the thing that you thought was perfect too so yeah like what ruins things is just people or, or observing the thing. It's almost like a Schrodinger's resort, a Schrodinger's uh, culture, right? Like, if you don't yeah. observe the culture, it can remain the culture. But in, it, once you observe it, it becomes something different by me, simply this, by the fact you a, observed it. This would be a really shallow analysis, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, is I, I read an article last year. Cause I, um, and they, they made this point that, like, if you like a vacation spot, you know, you go to your favorite, uh, you know, Barrier Island on the East Coast. Or you go to your favorite small town in Florida or wherever you go. Your your favorite ski town in, in Colorado. And you think, you know what I need to do? I need to sell everything and I need to move here. Most people report a lot of dissatisfaction. Because when you go to move mm-hmm. your favorite vacation spot, now you got to be there. You're there all the time. You're there to experience how bad tourists suck. You probably have to earn some kind of income. You're not able to do the things like, you know, you go to the beach every day on vacation. Maybe you can only owe every other week um, the, to be kind of careful that that you don't ruin kind of stuff like that yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think it's kind of shallower than the but it, there's something to that, too, that um, totally. being on permanent vacation and not having any like purpose other than kind of is 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 a not a fulfilling way of life. But I don't know if that's true. 
because it felt like what they're tr- what they're always trying to get back to with like these burning men things or stuff like that is like that original sense of like a tribe where yeah. you know yeah you might you, you you know you might be in mortal danger all the time but if you can bring down a buffalo or a mammoth uh, every other week your tribe is going to eat and you're going to be fine and you're going to be surrounded by your friends and family all the time and you only have to work like an average of 16 hours a week and the rest of the time you're you're creating art or clothes or sleeping or eating or fucking uh and that's kind of how we're supposed to be if you know like that's or that's that's how our environment has shaped us to want to be um and i thought there was a little bit of that and i can't tell what because like returning to that unnatural state at the end of the movie where you know leo's in the internet cafe and he's logging into an imac and he's experiencing the world through a screen um it felt like the movie wanted me to think that that is actually now leo's back where he's supposed to be in the real natural order does that make any sense yeah yeah i see what you're saying and i think that's not wrong i think the movie is trying to say that um or or that like the pursuit of i don't know because the idea that like okay the the real like value that he got out of that was not the life that he lived for the next 80 years in this commune and everything was perfect all the time it was a memory of some moment shared with people, right? I mean, that's th- that's ultimately, I think, the philosophy of this movie is that you can't go to a place, you can't find any place in your life that's going to be perfect um, in the moment. All you can do is look back fondly on the times and the memories you have of good things that happened along the way. Because uh, there's always problems, you know? Like, sharks in the water, uh I don't know, going to the mainland and having to bang Tilda Swinton. That's that's a little problematic. I don't know. Point. Yeah. Um, getting your balls squeezed by your boyfriend, that's no fun. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, a, that was a tough scene to watch. Right? So I, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think there's there are a lot of various philosophies, and that's why I also think but this movie is trying to do too much. Right? Like, it does, you know, totally. Don't be sad it's over. Be happy it happened. Uh, sure. You know, it's 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 stuff like that. Everything ends badly, or else it wouldn't end. Um, <laughs> right. And the thing that like there is some like philosophy that I I as as it was kind of espousing it. Um, like I, I want to talk about this infatuation thing that I thought was interesting mm. um, and wrong true to me. But there's so much of this stuff that like, especially since it's self narrated by Leo DiCar- DiCaprio, and he comes across as such a bullshit artist. Um, like I, I thought it was interesting how self-serving his dialogue at the end of the movie was where, you know, after he had done this insane plan to get the drug, the marijuana drug cartel to murder the four interlopers and he realizes, oh shit, I've brought down calamity upon everybody. He comes sprinting back to the village, finds his two French connection people and says kind of like his internal mind along is like, yeah, I just realized uh, I've changed. I don't belong here. Well, this empty talk, because the choice to stay is gone, dude. Like, you are getting your friends yeah. to hell, trying to get, and if you don't get out of here in the next five minutes, you're going to get a rifle butt to the face. Oh, spoiler alert, you got the rifle butt to the face. Mm-hmm. I, none, a lot of that, um, a lot of that commentary and the philosophy felt just vapid because it was coming from this kind of callow person who's a bullshit artist and who lies to himself and others and mm. is capable of self-deception. Yeah. Um, 
it, it didn't feel as deep as I think maybe the movie, but maybe that's the part that's the point of how kind of like um, impetuous and rash it is to be young and kind of like how self-serving uh, a lifestyle you can justify. I don't know. I, I thought he had had some kind of arc with his, his lying and stuff um, over the course of this movie. But I think the thing that didn't work for me there is, not necessarily who he was and the non-choice he was making in that moment, but more the sudden switch. Like I, the, the sudden switch from I'm luring these four people into their deaths. Oh, now I see them get shot in front of me. Oh, now I've changed my mind about everything. It's there was this sudden switch over that I did not really buy. Um, and it happens in the blink of an eye and, I, I can't tell how much time has gone on, um, has passed in this movie that he's yeah, been how on this long island. Is, he up on that hill? is it a year he said, that he's been on yeah. the island? Is it a, a week? Like, I honestly can't tell. And and based on like everybody's appearance, the, the, the his hair does not change a bit in this entire movie. So it got to be like a week or two, right? No, they which have makes to it all feel cuts, more right? ridiculous. They have to be getting haircuts. And regular yeah, shaves. but not professional haircuts. I mean, he's. Uh, you don't think there's a hair a, a stylist on this island, this Burning Man Island, trade trade trading haircuts? Hey man, looking at them, no, I don't think there's a stylist on this <laughs> island. I think whatever style you have on this island, you brought with you. Yeah, and they do get to stock up from the main island. I don't know how frequently uh-huh. or infrequently. Um, yeah, I wish I knew better the rules too, because it feel it felt like, and, and maybe it's supposed to. It felt like Tilda Swinton's character just made up shit. Oh yeah, like someone's like, "Well, I got a bum tooth." Well, it's like like your mom deciding whether you should be able to have ice cream before dinner. There's no <sighs> rhyme or reason or set hard and fast. It's like what you can whine and get away with, you know. Like uh, someone's got a broke, someone's dying of gangrene. Uh uh-uh. uh, we're a couple of bags short of rice. Ah, I can't have that, you know, and. Yeah. Once we're doing the, it's. I remember honestly, every time this, I wanted to go to my friend's house, uh, I would beg my mom to go, and it just depended yeah. on whether she felt like going out that night. That's another thing. Yeah, they would make it more about you know, like, well, I don't know if you've gotten your home. I don't know, but yeah, I um, I the more I think about it, the more the setup of this movie doesn't even make sense. Like, if you've got this uh, violent gang of marijuana growers mm. in this. Uh, this this idyllic island and they share the land with a bunch of hippie tourist types and not only that but they let them compete with them on the mainland because they make all their money by selling their own marijuana they don't steal from the farmers with their own <laughs> right. marijuana they barter uh-huh. that i'm like why don't the guys at the ak's just come over here and rat-a-tat-tat and bury them all in the sand clearly no one misses these people <laughs> you know I- I got the impression that these were reluctant killers. Like they didn't want to kill. They would only kill if they were forced to. And we're, killing we're not, like yeah, 60 people, I don't I don't know how many people. Like a mass murder like that is a big leap to make as a human being, I would think. Whether whether you're a pot farmer sending colony. money back to your family or not. That was the other thing cuz like um, Yeah. I I how many how many ways of immigration would he have of the the burning people? Right, it felt like you know like Tilda and her boyfriend came over, but like clearly there's been waves because Holy Wayne was the last person that came there. They're not a second person. It's kind of like, 
I, I, I do wonder, like, when those guys, when the farmers went over to Ireland, were they surprised that there's no longer, like, six people and there's, like, 30 there? Uh, have they been seeing that, like, there's more and more people all the time and Leonardo's was the, like, the camel that broke, the straw that broke the camel's back? I don't know. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the climax of the movie with the gun? With did, the gu- Oh, the revolver? Sure. Do I understand this correctly that they're free to – like, was that a test that they're just wanting to make sure she'd be willing to kill Leonardo DiCaprio and now they're free to stay? Or were they just fucking with her? Like, what what happened there? Or did they think that, like, oh, once Tilda <sighs> – fi- once, once everyone sees that Tilda's willing to murder one of them – that will destroy their paradise because like, I don't believe that they've watched. And how could they know one person die Uh, already? Yeah. Yeah. They're not familiar with any of these people. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I felt like it was a test, but I I don't have a great read on it. The the, the head marijuana farmer gives, gives his knowing look like, "Uh uh-huh. See, I, uh," and I'm like, what, what's happening? I'm, because Leonardo, yeah. I thought his reaction was correct. He just laughs hysterically, and it's kind of like, yeah, let's get the party back on. I feel like that's how everybody would be. Mm-hmm. Because a brutal shark kills, like, three of your tribe's members, that's fine as soon as their immediate suffering is over. So once the danger was done and everybody was in, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what happened there. Because then everyone got the fuck out, except for Tilda, who stayed, so I presume the farmers were... I'm not sure why all the island people decided to take off then. I, I mean, the, like the, the mo- spell was broken. So so I... Okay. Like, Tilda Swinton is a cult-like leader here, right? Um, Tilda Swinton is the one who's preserving the perfection of this place for everyone else. Right. And when they see that the perfection has, has forsaken them, essentially, like, yeah, they, they all just lose the dream, too, simultaneously. Right. But I feel like I the, the new movie is going in a direction of like, I was expecting them to go even further into Heart of Darkness. And uh, I thought if for a moment Leo was going to kill those drug dealers, take their AK 47s, and then they would just yeah. hold the island by force. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. No, once they, once they start. Truly the way to ruin paradise because you would just turn it in. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's so many directions. I just felt like the the movie, for some reason, just at the precipice of true madness, Mm -hmm. it just rolled everybody back, get everybody to the mainland, fly back to America, and we're now ensconced in safe civilization again, and aren't we glad to be here? It was a weird, weird way to end the movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Every time I thought I had figured this movie out or thought I was going to see it do something, it did the opposite or something different that I couldn't have seen. It really showed, like, when he got the... Uh, I, I thought they played the... Um, this is kind of like a modern boy who cried wolf, because you mentioned that they, you thought that there'd be some growth about him learning about lying and, and being duplicitous and all that stuff. I thought there's that point where Tilda confronted him on the hill and he was going to face some consequences, and I thought the what he was understanding is he was going to have to kill those people. Like, that was his penance when they came up there. Sure. Um... I felt like they really shortcutted his descent to madness. I think we talked about this a little totally. bit, but it's like he goes from like, come on, mom, I really have to stay up here. God, to like the next scene, he's sitting Indian style with his fingers steepled like, you know, I must, I I, 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 I have become the reaper of men or what. It, it was just really, really weird. And, and the whole, yeah. the video game sequence. 
I don't understand this. So, so the video game sequence is very strange. It uh, doesn't belong in this movie. It's... I, I don't even know what they're trying to say with it. Like, he's he's disassociated from reality, and he's seeing this as as he's not Richard anymore. He's just a character in a video game. But he also Do says think- talks like he's a god. I... That's what I'm saying. Do you think that Danny Boyle at this stage in his career felt like he was always chasing the high of Ewan McGregor diving into that heroin toilet? He's like, I this is my this is I'm like to Tim Burton, I gotta have some kind of really stylized yeah. gonzo shit in my movie because that's kind of my style. Because that felt forced. It did, totally did. And I think it's funny. Like I, I don't hate the scene in isolation, but I kinda hate it in this movie. It's it destroys the tone of the getting, which is like it definitely yeah. says like, I'm crazy, but it's like I'm crazy in an Ace Ventura kind of way. Like this is totally. crazy. Like I'm wearing a tutu and combat boots, and I'm a football player at a mental institution, rather than I am losing my grip on reality because of this isolation or whatever and, and deprivation just, after extreme hedonism. Does it lead into, or is it just off the back of the scene? The the fear and loathing type hallucination scene where he's shooting at these newcomers to the island with with it, Robert Carlyle. I I think it's after. I think it goes video game and then the sequence of like yeah, Robert Car- Carlyle, uh his Daffy character helping. You're talking about him helping there's him. There's like to... yeah, there's a montage of insanity here that leads mm-hmm. from from like yeah, this highly stylized effects thing into a hallucination, into an apocalypse now, um, into, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, he's crawling into the the huts of these weed farmers and stealing bandanas off their heads. And their guns. And then meditating. Well, he puts the gun back. He, I he, know. He takes the gun, he points it at a sleeping guy, and then goes... Bam! Like whispers or, or non-whispers. Bam, like and then puts the gun back. Coup or something. Yeah. yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's talking about like how he sits above it all and sees everything. Right, he's the one man who understands the macro of the situation. Right, and it just this part really doesn't work for me. It's just too disjointed. There's it's so Marlon many Brando different from, things happening. But, but, but delusional. Like but, but that Brando was in, yeah. In, uh, 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 not Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse Now was actually a colonel in the military and had done some shit. Leo sure. is just a dude sitting on a hill, man. He's right. just like up jumps. It's 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 crazy. <laughs> and in my notes, like there's the video game all the way to Leo hissing like a tiger at somebody, which was uh-huh. one of the most ridiculous things I've seen an actor do. <laughs> like it's 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 really really tropic thunder at that point. That whole part of the movie, I don't know, I don't know what's doing because it's really undercutting all the other interesting thing he's doing as far as building up the psychological torture because it was just bizarre scene. Out. But it's it's interesting and it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. I but I'm like, why are you trying to take this movie, The Apocalypse Now, and you keep on subverting it? It's like one of your friends. It's like uh, trying to say he's joking, but you can tell he's really not. You know, like, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But, you know, I I, I kind of want to fuck your sister. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, dude. I can't do, but your sister's mad hot, man. No, dude, dude, I'm joking. I'm joking. But do you think she would be like, what the I feel fuck? like and I that, feel like the stoners in this movie were doing that, like, at least twice, weren't they? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, oh. it's, it, 
here's the connection that I thought was interesting that maybe could have been cool if they had expounded on it a little bit was Daffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the connection to him on the island and that driving him mad. Like, what did he experience here that effectively drove him over the edge of where Leo comes back from that precipice? Because what, yeah, because uh, getting back to the mainland is like Leo's cure. I, I, I assume, because yeah. I, I thought that too, like da- Daffy must have seen some of the same shit that had bothered Etienne and, and Richard before and couldn't deal with it and was and was or or maybe he just got depressed maybe he just had a mental illness and it was bumming the islanders out so they sent them but there's also this kind of mystery at the beginning where like i got the clear implication that this guy did not kill himself huh you know because the the taiwanese uh right thailand cops are like uh this guy clearly slid his wrist and because there's blood fucking everywhere mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah. and it looks like he had like multiple stab wounds in the chest and i think that I think you're supposed to understand that the Islanders did that to him. Or maybe it's the possible, drug guys yeah. had it done to him so he wouldn't talk. Maybe Tilda Swinton came there and did it to him. But what's wild is because, like, so Leo starts saying all the stuff that Daffy does. Like, you know, like, oh, everyone's parasite. It's cancer in the land. We're done. And he's, and, uh, you know, showing that he's at this truly deranged. But then he gets back to the main and that everything's just fine. He just is no longer crazy. Right. That's the other thing that's like, well, you walked all that real weird psychological stuff. And I I, I don't know. I feel like um, Danny Boyle in his zombie movies doesn't do that where he like, um, you know, he puts the the psychological trauma and distress and like drive and oh, no, reverse. And then oh, drive and like, oh, this character's too fucked up for this point in the movie. So let's get him back to say it, it was I, it, 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 it's not like a tonal shift. It's almost like the movie couldn't decide whether it wanted to just straight up make Apocalypse Now or make a subversion parody of it. Mm. And it never could decide, it never could decide which side of that fence to, to stand on definitively. And, and as much as I don't see the inciting events to make him crazy, I don't see the events that bring him back from that. Like, the, the there's a moment where he hisses at a girl who's running away from the weed farmers, yeah. and she gets murdered uh-huh. in front of him, and then he runs off. And that seems to be the turning point, but, like, you're already sitting in the weeds hissing at people yeah i know i I, I think i don't know in in movies that i watch he just like instead of sobers up he just like yeah sanes up you know he's he's shocked out of it by death i don't know because scared sane (laughs) right the way i the way i understand it uh you get scared more insane not less right yeah yeah more more trauma but what do i know they also like the other weakness is like I didn't buy like the relationship he had with Fran- Francis, but I don't know if you're supposed to because like they get the whole speech about infatuation. Uh, infatuation. That's one of the things I thought was really um, a good thought from the movie. The fact that uh, you know with infatuation, you're not dealing with the real person. You're dealing with like this construct of them that you've constructed, and and there's always the one reason they're perfect for you. And that like that, if I think back to my teenage and early young man days, like that felt resonant to me. Like mm-hmm. when I think about those t- t- times where I thought I was in love, and I now realize like, this is puppy love. It was always like, oh, it's this person's cool because they are this or they. Then it's like it's not because how can you know? Like what does it even mean? Like when you meet a girl when you're 16. 
and she's your perfect you know you met her like three days ago and you know she's perfect what the fuck does that even mean like you don't even mm. know at that age like what it takes to know someone you don't even know yourself at yeah that that's you're gonna, that you you're, can't you're gonna be three different people between now and 25 you know uh, <laughs> right right and that the the fact that like um he was so he he like had to have this girl, you know, and then he got her, and then it's like, well, I like I said, he's just a fuckboy in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like, every bit of it. The, the dishonesty, the saying whatever you need to do to get in somebody's pants, the... The clothes, the hair, yeah. The clothes, the hair, is, yeah. <laughs> it's the whole fuckboy package, Leo. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, there's some other stuff about um, when he's leaving the map, for these stoners, uh, the map to the island. He says, I was wondering why he did it. And he gives some rationalization about being scared of the great unknown, desperate to take a little piece of home with him. Does that mean he's taking the security of knowing that someone will know he's there with him? I just have so many questions about like when, when he's giving these pompous, yeah, these ridiculous narrations. What do some of these things mean? Because I'm honestly puzzled by that one. I feel like that's the stuff that uh, Danny Boyle, when he's reading the novel, like highlighted, like, oh, man, it's fucking cool. So he had to get it into the movie. Uh-huh. But it just belongs to a more of American Psycho kind of movie. Uh, oh, oh, the boyfriend, uh, Etienne. Uh-huh. E- e- ATM? ATM was his name, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a rapper. Uh <laughs> This guy sucks, right? This guy... Okay, first of all, the movie treats him like a third wheel right off the bat. And so I never, like, took him seriously as a threat to Leo. He's, like, her boyfriend, but I obviously knew, like, they're going to hook up because this guy is a nothing third wheel that the movie is telling me is a fucking third wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, this guy's a huge dick. Who has a problem with their girlfriend photographing the night sky? Who's, like going to be pissed if he wakes up he's going to be pissed off and he's going to shout and he's going to yell because i'm taking pictures of stars what a fucking (laughs) dick yeah it didn't make any sense and i i I was trying to figure that out too it's like what is the problem it's like okay is it waking him up okay maybe that's annoying is it wasting film that he'd rather like just taking the same goddamn star pictures when i want to take pictures of like the mountains and the sea and like okay well that's you know do you, do you get 50% of say in the film or like, you know, that's, but like, yeah, there was, I don't know. And then Richard on, like, agrees on... with him too, is the mo- more annoying thing. He's like, yeah, that is a stupid hobby. Why you should probably right. give that up. Just, like, just, you guys are both idiots. I, 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 yeah, I couldn't understand it at the end because he does. He definitely felt like a guy who was going to be, um, this big rival, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then when they got to that point in the scene, he's just like, well, don't lie to me. Just say you want her, and if she's happy with you, she can have it. And like, Which, I, that's cool, I mean, but also... Yeah, they, they, they built him up It's to be weird in a like, movie. It's weird, because like, that's not what I thought they were going with his character. Right. Um, Again, another confounding choice by this movie. It was going to be like an obstacle to Leo, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's a way to show... We think he's going to be his big rival. He's cool about it, but, like, Richard can't – Leonardo DiCaprio is Richard. He can't be 
cool in return. He can't like mm-hmm. be like, oh man, I was kind of a shit bag. I came here in false pretenses. You're slept. but he's he's got to like not give this guy the dignity and respect of being honest with him when yeah, he's trying to level with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm being super cool, and you pretending like you don't even know what I'm talking about is a dick move at this point. Yeah, but they didn't. Also, do I have a machete in my hand, so. But they didn't. They didn't do anything with that. Like at the end, no. it's like you know, Leo's like, "We got to get off the island, us three. Um, and at the end, it's like, "I got to stay with this." That didn't make any sense. I got to stay with this guy to die. He's like, "Well, mm-hmm. everyone, he, this guy's going to definitely die. He's already too far gone. The drug dealers are going to come, or the drug manufacturers going to come here and kill everyone. So that's an option. Like, what? That, that's such a weird. All right, we'll then die with him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah." Also, wasn't sure. I just, I, I'm not. I, I'm still not understanding the decision of the guy, not why they wouldn't take him on the boat back to the mainland to get him fixed up, like when they go back for rice and yeah. selling weed all the time. Yeah, yeah, like that seemed. I, that, I, I wish there was again they'd set up more rules and Tilda Swinton wasn't more just like just kind of making shit up as it went along because that seemed like everybody would be upset and bum- not not bummed out that this guy's dying slow but bummed out that if we had taken him back last week he could have gotten sewn up in some antibiotics and he'd be back with us partying um, I felt like that more than yeah. the, the, the weird um, Russian roulette by proxy game that they play was a, was a more of like break the fabric of the society but Nope, it just went. They went on the, and 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 I guess like I felt like more time elapsed, but ATN stayed in that. Like there's no more than a couple of days from that scene to Leonardo being on the. Yeah, Leonardo could have been on the hill for more than a night or two, <laughs> and he suddenly lost his damn mind. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I also do not know how much of that last part of that movie is real. Mm-hmm. But that's the weird thing. Going back to like not taking him off the island. That's the weird thing to me about this movie is they could have given you a reasonable justification, I think. Like, tell us you're worried about, like, if we take him out, where does he say he lives? Where, Like, when they ask for his information at the hospital, what does he do? Like, make these points, and I'm going like, okay, they have reasonable considerations here. But the fact that they're just like, no, he cannot go off the island. I don't care if his leg falls off or he dies. But that's the thing. It's like, because, like, this guy is a tourist. Presumably, he still has a visa and a passport. This is Thailand. People, I'm sure, get bit by sharks. Like, Oh, totally. What is a... Be like, well, I'm from Australia, mate. Or I'm for... I guess this guy's from Norway. I'm I'm from Norway. I'm from Fjordjusnerg. And I've been surfing. And a fucking shark bit me. Fix me up. Here's a bunch of weed money. Like, yeah, it's like... And I think they hinted at that. Like, well, what is it? What if you want to... Or... I don't know, because I thought maybe the guy chose it himself. Like, I don't want to go. Like, you, you need to bring people here. And I'm like, well, that's just if you hold a guy down to pull his tooth out. Why don't you just like grab a guy and throw him in the boat? He's too weak to resist you. Like, mm-hmm. no, fuck you. We're going to. I don't know. I, I felt like. Are they trying to say that, like, the real reason they didn't do it is because she's got such a cult like hold on these people that they would choose not to i maybe but that's a very they they, they played that note softly also they did totally because i thought they were going to do some interesting kind of island of dr moreau only starring tilda swinton i'm like well that sounds pretty cool but they never mm-hmm. did yeah uh, that's the thing it's like i i really liked this movie two-thirds through it and i felt like the ending was building up to something and it did a whole bunch of stuff and not all of it was unentertaining i was entertained actually mm-hmm. throughout and it was interesting sure. seeing 
Leonardo trying to do something more than be kind of like a tiger beat heartthrob. But that last act just collapsed like a souffle to, for me. It, it was it was getting there and it just um, yeah, a bad souffle. I do think, not the good kind that doesn't collapse. <laughs> yeah, but it's like one of those things like the vampire's kiss for Nick Cage. Is oh that, God. And then this is better than that, right? But it's one oh, of those yeah. things that's like, it's worth watching just as this interesting piece in an actor's career. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio is an uh, interesting enough guy to kind of warrant that. That this guy took three years off of filmmaking from Titanic, biggest star in the world, to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And it does have yeah. a lot of like, like, you know, like Leonardo takes his shirt off a lot. He does have the frosted tips and the cute haircut and the, the you know, contemporary fat fuckboy fashion at the time. Like, I could see a lot of girls going in there expecting Jack uh, from yeah. Titanic and getting this amoral loser that's just going to break their hearts and cheat on them. You know, he's not he's he's going to throw this this guy, Richard throws roses roses ass off of that broken headboard you know he's the <laughs> one sure. to survive he like he like takes an oar shoves her head under the water takes her necklace he's he's the one that lives in that yeah it's not it's not very romantic yeah and you can see like leo you know being one of the biggest stars on the planet at that point i i think made this movie right like the budget is 50 million dollars it's a fucking enormous budget for what this movie is until you realize Leonardo DiCaprio is starring it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and the box office is 144 million. So this movie was successful uh, financially. I do wonder if the people who, uh, right. The people who went just went for Leonardo DiCaprio's next movie and were like, Oh yeah, this is great. And then got there to the theater and we're like, uh, I don't know. Not what I expected. Well, and, and it's it, it must be conf- imagine it's confusing to be a late teen, early twenties because this movie is shot for you, and it's aesthetic, you know, because there's a lot of young, mm-hmm. beautiful people, and like if whether you're a, a boy or a girl, there's a lot of a lot of flesh to consume in with your eyeballs in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tone and the subject matter and the themes it feels very like art house film. Mm-hmm. So. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's. And sometimes that stuff works. Like uh, Romeo plus Juliet, for example, is very kind of grunge aesthetic with this Shakespeare kind of script, and that like worked. But this, I don't know, this mismatch of like a teeny, uh, you know, uh, uh, teeny coming uh, coming of age film with like all these really intense dark themes, kind of anti capitalist themes, where like it didn't seem like it fit, it fitted it. It's I don't I mean, know, it's subversive it's Danny Boyle the, the shit, too. right? Like what? that's that's what he loves to do. Danny Boyle does this kind of stuff. Alex Garland uh, does this kind of stuff. But yeah, it was it was different than I expected. Even what else want to talk about? Because we do uh, still have some more thoughts to consider from Ian, or at least we should review them. Uh, I just wanted to say one more thing. Has has Tilda Swinton in her life ever looked younger than she does right now? Like, I, I couldn't tell you. This is 22 years ago. She's a changeling. And she still looks yeah. like she's 40. I, she looks like yeah, she's 40 no. now, and she's probably 70, and she looks like she's 40 then, and she's probably 12. I don't know. Yeah, she just doesn't age. She ages like a stick of Laffy Taffy. It's just. <laughs> it's wild, man. It is. It is. 
No, it's that's why I had my like the I the, does she does the woman age? Um, it's it's pretty she crazy. must I'll, she must be like the mer- most permanent aging pillar in Hollywood. Like I've mm-hmm. seen people who age pretty well, like Tom Cruise, right? Right. Even he's starting to age now, and it's pretty obvious. Tilda yeah, Swinton, I still think, too. looks just like this. I also didn't see a Tilda Swinton sex scene coming. Like, I don't think of her oh, in yeah. terms of, like, uh, that kind of eroticism, but uh, she really put it on Leo, man. <laughs> she sure did. Yeah. <laughs> they were going to town. Uh, all right. What else you got? That's I don't want to hurry us on, but... Uh, uh, let's get to Ian. He had a couple points. Uh, he wanted us to talk about Leo's edgy and somewhat cringy narration. Is in his opinion, narration in general seems so dated now. That's a good. When's the last time narration has been used successfully? Oh I'm trying God! To think like there wasn't even much in the new Dune movie. I think there was a little bit, but not nearly as much as the Lynch version. Um, I really like what they did with narration in physical the apple tv plus uh show and that's recent that's a couple of years ago i right. i thought that was used to great effect um but it's not this type of ridiculous narration like there, there isn't a lot of like philosophy spouting or that kind of stuff it's more like internal monologue yeah this feels very um god what was that video game with bullet time uh mad max nope max Payne. something like that max Payne. this felt very much like some kind of like teen noir or young adult noir you know just hard-boiled leonardo dicaprio is a hard-boiled hostile surfer yep yeah, that's another one of the weird mismatches. I felt like the narration didn't even match this movie. And even like in, until we got to the island, I also appreciated that Danny Boyle made this like under CD, this the CD under CD, the CD underbelly of this like tourist location like grimy. Like when you're in the uh-huh. hostel, like it's like everything's like that that matrix green and grime. Like there's like the the, the lens is everything's being filmed through like a dirty lens. Uh, and then you get uh, to a contrast to the beach and everything's like bright. And I kind of thought they'd return to the, um, the kind of grunge filter. But this movie is unironically just it's a happy ending. You know Leonardo what this DiCaprio feels like? complicit to the murder of like half a dozen people. And he's like, <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm an American. I'm getting the hell out. And he does. It and does. he's got yeah. nothing but fond memories of it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I- I'm getting a very distinct fight club sense from the narration. Of this movie, you're right. Fight Club, and it's got that same kind of grimy. It's yeah. it's it's yeah. and that's like when you said this movie's two thousands as fuck. That's what we're talking about. This is very, uh-huh. you know, Fight Club Seven. It's got that aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo's shark story scene. I feel like Leo pulls these uh, off these types of scenes better than anyone. He's super charismatic. I'm trying totally. to think of a scene like this. Um, I guess the scenes in like Inception where he's taking people into his confidence, like he's inside the dream world and he's approaching Cillian Murphy and he's trying to, it's like, yo, he, he's a, a good uh, teller of yarns. A Wolf of Wall Street is another good one for him in that regard, oh, I think. Like when he's giving yeah. speeches, it, they're more unhinged than this stuff is, but there, there's that energy. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he seems like a guy, he exudes that kind of like, he would be interesting guy to spend a night at a bar with, you know? Mm-hmm. You're just bullshitting over drinks. 
the third act it goes off the rails of Leo's jungle adventures, but wraps up relatively nicely. The third act in this movie, I was reading uh, a whole bunch of retrospectives, and someone called it the uh, the notoriously unhinged third act. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, that's the perfect. Yeah, it's notorious because I guess if you've seen this movie, you know, because it's. About the part where I thought the movie should be rounding into making a, a point or having the final twist that blew my mind, it was doing this instead. And I kept on waiting, like, what is the point? What is the point? What is the point? And the movie aggressively avoided one until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, the video game scene, you'll know it when you see it. It's probably the first visual in my head when I think of the movie, sadly, but I find it hilarious. I it And and Leo commits to it. Like, they're rotoscoping him looking ridiculous. I love it. The way he's swinging his of, arms. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious, uh, but weird. He's, he's eating, he's walking into spiders, and he's seeing, like, these chibi-looking tigers, and it's fucking insane. Uh, get better or die. I think it's probably the single most thought-provoking idea in the movie, and it's the discomfort associated with living with an ailing person, a sad reality of Western culture at this point with nursing homes, senior living, etc. Um, hmm. Huh. I think it's more like I get because like I don't know I hmm I feel like nursing homes shouldn't be sad it, it's an indictment on our culture that they are but the idea of uh, a place that people go when they need to be cared for I, I don't know like we'd have to structure society completely different if we didn't want to have them so maybe yeah. this is it goes I mean I think there's an inherent sleep. sadness um I, it's it's the ending of life, right? I mean, it's it's yeah, it reminds that. younger people that they're going to die, and I don't think it needs to be a bad place to go. I think like you can have those people living in more comfort than they do, um, and and with more attention than they get. But like, yeah, yeah, inherently the concept of of things ending is a negative one for us, and especially our lives. And it is this this whole theme of like sweeping things under the rug about society that like because um, you're right like I don't necessarily because I think about in terms of nursing homes it seems kind of dope to like you have your own little place and you got people to take I know, care man. of you you've you've had you this opinion and I know this is a long held opinion you get to, go back you get to, to blue play, yonder you get to play video like come on you're you not, get to you, play you, video you play games Xbox Ten. And the PlayStation 17, and you get you get to play. There's D and D night instead of bingo. Like I doesn't sound like hell. If if like as long as the people that were there are paid enough to care, and they're not just letting you get bed sores and shit like that. As long as you're faculties. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the real problem. Is like half of those people uh, can't do those things, or they don't get pleasure out of them because their bodies and minds have deteriorated to the point where they're effectively on life support. It's yeah. I don't think it's going like to be all roses when you people. get that old. I don't know. No, it's probably I, I, not the majority. I'm trying to but be, trying to be trying to be positive about this. Um, yeah. Also, an interesting fact. I think I've heard this before, but it's interesting nonetheless. The real life beach that this thing is filmed at, the location, had to be closed to tourists for a while since tourists were trashing it so much. Everybody, <laughs> all the rich, wow. all, all the, the the wealthy people are, are chartering boats out to you know see the ultimate Leonardo. And it it is a hell of a location. Oh yeah, that looks like an amazing fucking beach. Like the mm-hmm. lagoon, the mountains around it, the hidden. Yeah, like if if you just net off whatever entryway the water is using, so that sharks can't get in, it's perfect. It really is mm-hmm. perfect. 
You know, the other thing about this movie, because like I, I, I was trying to think of a way to... Um, there's this phenomenon, because like I was talking about like last year, I wanted to buy property on Beaver Island, which is my stupid vacation location place I want to buy a place on. And like, you know, dealing with the, the whole, the realtors and like talking to people up there, um, someone's posted on their forum, they got a community forum, and they said, this is this weird island phenomenon where everybody dreams of going to Beaver Island and getting their home there. And as soon as they do, they never want anyone else to come. It's like, but then they'll also want to bitch yeah. about why property taxes are so high and why services are so limited and why there's not as many opportunities. It's like you either are growing and getting the things, but also there's going to be more crowds and there's going to, or you are not and you're having the other side of it and people want their cake and eat it too. And I felt like there's also low key a lot of that in the, that like everyone wanted to get to the island and how amazing it is, but they wanted to be the last passer to got there. Because totally. number one, the drug dealer is going to come and kill them all if there's too many. But also, just it's you know it's it's, it's a bummer. You know, you got you got more mouths to feed and more people to consider. And I thought that was interesting, kind of like weird par you know parochial, uh, not parochial, um, provincial kind of island mm-hmm. mentality. Well, l- let me get let me throw this at you too. They've been on this island for six years, right? They're celebrating the sixth anniversary. I didn't see a single five-year-old kid running around there. What the fuck? With all of the sex, all the all the naked bodies, the hot, tanned bodies running around over there, you're not going to get it on, and someone's not going to have a baby? Not buying so it. 40 condoms. 40 condoms. <laughs> 40? You need 40 for that night. That's what he was asking for. I, They're going back next weekend like, to get like, more. I, I, I need 20 condoms. Oh, oh, make it 40. I'm like, dude. Dude, make it a truckload because... It makes it sound like the, the the boat only comes like every fucking six months or so. Forty condoms, right? Have you looked this around is you? Nice, <laughs> right? I don't know. Wild. Fucking Where are all the kids? Sure. Where are all the children? Oh my! Well, God, because I I to your point, I was wondering if there wasn't going to be a scene where someone gets pregnant, has a kid, and they just leave it out on the hilltop or something like Spartan Whoa. style. I mean, they're not above it. Like, uh, you know what? Your kid's bumming us out. So, mm, yeah. I would have loved to see a little bit more, less art, less heart of darkness, more world building, and more grappling with like what, what that would realistically be like to live through. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would have, I would have liked this movie more if he had come back and just been haunted. You know, sure. But he's not like, you know, oh, hugs and kisses from Francois. You know, parallel reality. He he. Remember those people that you know, look at like has like red X's through all the people that are in this photo. They're dead or whatever. Right. Uh, that would have cleaned up the ending. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know because that third act, like yeah, it it just really throws you for a loop. So, what else do we want to talk about? That's all of Ian's points. Yeah, that's all I got. It's an interesting film. It's an interesting part of the Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, filmography that i'm that i'm glad i saw this little transition piece because i probably wouldn't have otherwise uh thank you so much ian for commissioning this podcast and supporting us uh ian in atlanta if you would like if you think it sounds like a cool idea to pick a a television show or a movie and say jim and aaron watch it and turn it into a podcast for us uh it's easy to do so go to support.baldmove.com click commission a podcast uh, throw your money down, and we will be in touch to handle the rest. 
we've got another fun commission, uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, or I should say The Lost World Jurassic Park will oh be coming God. out in a couple of weeks as soon as we record it. Uh, <laughs> Stevie, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna that that that's that we're gonna get to that. I I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's not gonna be nearly as fun and nostalgic as the first one, but uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of fun things to talk about in in that there movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we will see you back for that um, on the next commission podcast. Of course, we've always got new pulp and prestige stuff for you too. Uh, thanks for your support, Ian. Hope you love the podcast. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>